0: Speaking of recording, uh,
1: yeah, I am recording, but that gets deleted.
0: Oh, yeah, let's not.
1: I just got to get used to recording that kind of stuff, because occasionally we get some comedy gold, like Jimmy not knowing how to prostitution works.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was genius.
1: Yes. Well, guys, you are listening to the Give Me Five podcast, and this is episode 46. I can't speak on things I have no experience
0: with.
2: Then you should be able to yes. talk about that all day. <clears throat>
1: On up uptown train doors
2: open, and she walks in, she's soaking.
0: Caught in the rain, her skin shines like crystalline.
1: This is the Gimme 5 Podcast, where each week we discuss all of the stuff we do to just kind of get away from the crazy news cycle and all that. So that's entertainment, that's music, it's books, it's TV, it's, uh, what else is it? It's video games, all that fun stuff. That's what we talk about. Uh, then based on our conversations, we try to come up with a top five list. However, this week our top five list was in fact, uh, emailed into us by a listener. So we'll get to that when it's time. So this top five list can be things like your top five musicals it can be top five vampire films it be uh Top five things that you're not supposed to do with a Russian prostitute in a hotel room. Any of that kind of stuff is fair game.
2: Like, like, so anyway, pay them.
1: I am yes, I'm Greg, and I'm here with my co-host Jimmy. I'm offended, and Rob. I'm slightly more offended. You're never offended.
2: Well, that's true.
1: And we are the Gimme Five podcast. So this week we've got a couple of new uh, synthwave songs. Oh yeah, and those are uh, Gunship with the song Dark All Day. And Midnight with the song Lost Boy, which are, it's kind of, uh, I guess, kismet that they both came out at the same time, because they're very linked, yeah. whether they meant it to be or not, which I don't think they did. And I, I,
0: I'm going to touch on that when we talk about it, so.
1: And then uh, there's a book that Rob read called Kings of the Wild, and that's uh, wild, is it W-Y-L-D? It
2: is. It is.
1: It is. And I just had to put in parentheses after that, Stallions.
2: Wild Stallions!
1: And then we're going to talk some cheesy exploitation horror yeah because to be honest rob and i tried to watch the last drive in marathon and we'll talk about why we didn't a little bit later but we were unable to do so but we kind of made our own little cheesy exploitation film marathon and it turned out that they were <laughs> no. very similar to the one that was <laughs> not on made television.
2: our own cheesy exploitation film. <laughs> <That's>...
1: <laughs> no no uh, next weekend however we will be making our own cheesy exploitation film i
0: will not be involved in that oh it's it's
2: going to focus solely around jimmy uh, i'm no yeah. i'm the adult here you guys are children
1: <laughs> um and speaking of fan films <laughs> there was a uncharted that is uncharted c-h-a-r-t-e-d not uncharted despite what some people might have accidentally said earlier fan film that came right. out. I have not had a chance to see that, but these guys have have seen it. I believe they liked it, and yeah. we're going to talk a little bit about that. Hey guys, we sharded the bed on this one, and we didn't get a chance to actually talk about this, because we went a little long. So we'll be back with Uncharted fan film next week. Thank you.
0: This is a review show, guys, and there probably will be spoilers. We will do our best to avoid any major twists. So, if you didn't know that Santa Carla is the murder capital of the world or that Rob is the head vampire. You're damn you
1: right I am. To,
0: you might want to pause and come back later.
1: I guess, you know, back in high school, he, you could have done the the spiky Kiefer Sutherland hair. I totally,
2: I, I totally had could have. You totally could have. Yeah.
1: You wouldn't have had to, like, bleach it or anything.
2: Yeah, well, and my mom always says that I had a mullet, but I, I don't think that that <laughs> qualifies as a mullet. When no, your, no, no, you when, had when you your bangs long, flowing luxurious, down, luxurious hair. When your bangs hang down past your chin, I don't think that qualifies as a mullet.
1: No, no, you had long, luxurious, flowing hair. I was, there was constantly dudes in high school that were asking me for your phone number. And well, I was like, no, that's, that's a guy.
2: And, and, and they were right to do so because I was great. <laughs> yeah. So.
1: Speaking of phone numbers, <laughs> speaking of
2: phone numbers, um, as always, you can get in contact with us, uh, find us on Facebook by searching for the Give Me Five Podcast. You can reach us on Twitter and Instagram at Give Me Five Pod. You can also email us give me five podcast at gmail dot com. And as always, guys, leave us a review on iTunes or whatever podcast app you're using because it really helps us stand out.
0: Or you can call Rob directly at
2: <laughs> and
1: we will bleep that out. Uh anything new, guys? Yeah, I got a few things. <laughs> I'm intrigued about this first one on the list. I, I'm I have no idea what you're talking about. So did you not
0: hear not heard about this? No. I, I guess it's an Android user thing. Oh, there's the beeping. Can you guys?
2: Uh, is that the Android user thing?
0: There's construction right in front of my house. All right. We're going to power through. Um, so sorry for that in advance.
1: Uh, I was going to pretend so, that we didn't hear it so that Jimmy thought he was going insane. <laughs> <laughs>
0: what beeping? Yeah, there's, there are quite a lot of construction vehicles outside. So I'm, I apologize. Um, as this is not going to be a heavily edited episode. All right. So I woke up on Monday. Uh, I don't know about 745 and I look at my phone and I got an alert and it said new tool album released today called illusion world mm-hmm. and it mm-hmm. said tool so if you guys it, are familiar was with that tool, was that
2: your phone calling
0: you a tool or you're gonna hate me for the rest of the episode aren't you um <laughs> it it was very convincing and I, I click on it and I'm just standing there going what I mean, this I I wasn't surprised that tool might do that, but no, it wasn't the tool that we've talked about. It was a SoundCloud rapper named Tools, and it's T O O L dollar sign. Oh my god! Oh god! And it's n- not even in English. <laughs> 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 wow! So talk about the bait I, and switch. I I looked at it. I was like, what the hell? And, um, I, it, I did an internet search and it actually took me to Reddit and people were freaking out. Um, tool devotees are, they're not just fans, they're devotees and people were going insane. I'm
1: um, looking this up right now. so They actually even, they actually even responded of... to it.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. Tool tweeted out, uh, illusion world is released today, which wow. I thought was the ultimate troll move.
1: Dude. Probably gotten uh, way more hits on his album than he Oh sure had any, like it was like wow we're <laughs> we're really popular with Android fans. Yeah. Um the other
0: thing I wanted to mention briefly is that Zombieland Two is official, uh bringing back all the members of the original cast. It will be coming out in October two thousand nineteen, almost ten years to the day.
1: Can you believe God. that? Wow. I remember we were right? like thinking about changing our class and teaching the opening sequence of that movie, like how to do it. It's still viable. I
0: still think about it. People talk about the greatest show intros, mm-hmm. but um, also that month, uh, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker will be coming out, so um, they will be competing.
1: Now there's the, I guess they're going to go the small like fifty million dollar budget for the Joker movie, where it's going to probably more of a crime thriller. I know early on that Scorsese was attached to it. Um, I'm more and more intrigued because of the casting and the names associated with it, but I don't
0: know. I, 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 we talked about this a little bit, but I, Joaquin Phoenix is, is completely insane. So, you know, I, mean, has, I think he might be a good mm-hmm. choice for it.
2: Has he done anything good except for maybe Commodus?
1: Uh, the Johnny Cash movie. Walk the uh, Line.
2: Okay. I guess I can give you that one.
1: So and uh, your last little bit of information I see on the list here. What is Conan Con? It's
0: not even like a thing. But I'm like, what is, is he trying to take Thunder away from San Diego Comic Con? There,
1: what's going on? I think he's at is it like a joint operation. I believe that I vaguely remember this from a while ago. That he's doing like a side thing that's there for the people that can't get into San Diego Comic Con. Um, and also for the people that want to go to both, uh, I think that's what it is. I'm not entirely sure.
0: I, mm, all right. It was just like, what is he trying to do? Oh, uh, Joaquin Phoenix
1: was also in her, which was, which was pretty good. Um, and he was in the master, which was that, um, not definitely not Scientology related movie in case any lawyers are listening to this. <laughs> so he was, he was definitely in there. Um, as well as some other, you know, there's quite a few actually he's. I'm scrolling through here and he was he was in a bunch of stuff. He's choosy.
2: Oh, I know he's been in a bunch of stuff, but how much of it has yeah. been good?
1: He's choosy. Want to say that. Um so, speaking of Comic-Con, uh there is Comic-Con is coming up. I didn't really find too much news cuz most of it is being released either tonight in as we're recording, Thursday, in previews. Uh the one thing I just saw right before starting to record is that the Clone Wars animation or animated cartoon or the three uh computer animated cartoon is coming back which is is a surprise Saw that um also the titans trailer uh is coming out which i think we might have a question about that in a little bit um and yeah well you know the i did see the titans trailer we can talk a little bit about it and then maybe a question could come up in a little bit but the characters look weird like starfire does look like some like someone from edc the the electro-techno concert thing with all the flashing lights and LEDs and stuff. Uh, Robin basically is murdering people. And, uh, yeah. Uh, Raven, the character Raven, she looks like the the nuns from American uh, Horror Story, like with the, the black like eye stuff dripping down their eyes. And um, the one thing I did think was cool was that Hawk and Dove are in there. And I didn't mention them last week, but Hawk and Dove mm-hmm. are a creation of Steve Ditko, who we kind of eulogized last week. And they're really cool characters because Hawk was, like, the super violent one. And Dove was kind of the peace-loving ones, but they were, like, a superhero duo. And the the casting for them was really good. Like, those are the two I was that looked the best. Um, it was Alan Richson from Smallville, which I did not watch, but he played uh, Aquaman. I don't know if, Rob, did you watch Smallville?
2: No, nah, like, not really. Well,
1: either way, he, I mean, he looks exactly like the character Hawk. Uh, Dove is played by Minka Kelly. And I'm not sure if you know who that is, but I know her from Friday Night Lights. But she's been in all sorts of stuff. And she's actually a pretty big name actress and dated Derek Jeter for a while. So did Rob. Rob did date Derek Jeter for a little while.
2: He was, he was a little, yeah, well,
1: you know, he was a little put off after Minka Kelly broke up with him. So he moved on to you.
0: What about you, Rob?
2: Now I don't really have any big news. A lot of the news that I keep coming across has been political and we're trying to stay away from that. So cool. So that being said, I think it's time for snap decisions.
1: So guys, on Snap Decisions, what we do is we talk about some sort of current event, and then we ask a question relating to each other's opinions on that. does not necessarily have to be pop culture, because everything else we talk about usually is, but it can be anything. It's been food, it's been all sorts of different things. So, relating to the Titans trailer, there's a scene in it in which Robin, who I'm not sure which one it is, although I think other people do know, uh, if it's the Dick Grayson one or the um, the one that has come back as a violent, so, psychopathic vigilante whose name was... Uh, uh, Jason Todd, I believe, is the other one. Well, but they anyway, do show um,
0: the Flying Graysons. They
1: show the, they show the Flying Graysons, and Dick Grayson was kind of a more of a lighthearted, daredevil lead type character when he became mm-hmm. Nightwing, whereas Jason Todd was kind of known for being overly violent. So I'm not sure, but either way, um, they... He goes and basically takes down a whole bunch of people, where he's he's basically killing people. And if you know, if Rob had seen it, he would basically tell tell us all which which strikes were you know going to end someone. Yeah. But anyway, at um one point, he steps on a dude's face who's laying on the ground, and basically twists the guy's head violently down to the ground with his foot, and kind of steps over it. And they show his face, and he says, "Fuck Batman," and that's what everyone talked about with this trailer almost every yeah. single article i read on this on every single blog website page talked about that do you think they should have marketed it that way
0: i can give first. go ahead okay uh, no when i said hey man dc might be finally doing something right and you know it sparked a conversation about how their their comics are doing very well uh, having the dc universe as a page subscription now now you've made it adult themed in my opinion. So um, I think people who've seen that trailer will go, yeah, I'm not going to watch that with my kid. They're staying in that trend of being really dark. I mean, you had Deadpool, you know, where he's like, what are you, a DC movie? Um, <laughs> and, and they're just, they're like falling into that trend. Now the trailer was super dark. I'm sitting here like tapping the brightness on my laptop, trying to get it to come up. And And while I think the character design looks pretty good, Um, and I'm very interested. I don't think it's going to appeal to a, a, a wider
1: demographic. So
0: no, I don't think they should have gone that direction.
1: That, you know, that was a really good point. I didn't even think about it from oddly enough. I didn't think about it from the parent, the parental side, because.
0: Hey, you're not going to watch out with your five-year-old.
1: I might. (laughs) Okay. My wife listens to the, the show while jogging and she's. Gonna jog immediately home when she gets to this part and, <laughs> and murder slap me. Slap
2: you, <laughs> yeah, with, like
1: with her phone. Um, no, that really I, was a good point. I mean, a lot of people would get these things, the, these type of subscriptions, so that they can read the comics and then hand their iPad over to their kid and you know have them kind of experiencing the same things. Like I have the Marvel one, the subscription service, and I I read some of the older Marvel comics to my son and eventually when he can you know, read, I would just hand him the thing and let him read it. So I think that's actually a good point. But anyway, that was not part of my one minute. So Rob?
2: Um, I I actually will agree with Jimmy in this. The It seems, I, I haven't seen the the trailer. It's so just going off of what you guys are saying, it seems like yet again, DC is missing the mark. It's one thing yeah. to have a character like Deadpool, who you expect that from but when you take a character like Robin or cyborg or Starfire who have had a documented history as far as like Teen Titans and Teen Titans go and all of that, it, it seems like they're they're doing it simply to be controversial and to get people to talk about them and it seems like a cheap tactic and it I think it might end up backfiring because like like you said, People aren't going to watch it with their kids, and mm-hmm. and the comic book generation. Um, and I got to believe that that you know we're we're the because comic books aren't a thing anymore. I mean, it's all online and stuff now. But the comic that, book they're, generation, they're
1: actually growing a lot in the youth.
2: Oh, are they really?
1: So it's there's us which are you know slowly fading out as we have other things to do. But mm-hmm. there's also the um, high school and college people. I saw the numbers are going up.
2: Okay. Okay. So maybe they'll get maybe they'll get that group, but they won't get the they won't get the young kids because the parents won't let them watch it. Um, they might get some of the some of the teenagers and the young adults. Um, but I think some of the older adults who grew up with these comics will probably be a little bit turned off by it as well. Mm-hmm. So I think it might end up back. And
1: um, real quick, you know, you can be dark without being overly... Okay. like you can be dark without being.
0: You don't have to Uh, say
1: R-rated. Yeah, you don't have to say F Batman. I mean, the the creator of the show is Greg Berlanti, who's done Arrow, which is dark, but Mm -hmm. still good. And theoretically, you could watch it with maybe not like a teenager or a little bit younger. But anyway, um, my other thing is like the characters didn't in the trailer didn't seem to match up with their comic counterparts. They all seem very like equal where like all of the characters, you know them by now. You know, Robin is the very well-trained one that is kind of by the book. And Starfire is the fish out of water. She's an alien. She doesn't know what's going on. She's kind of the, the naive one. And Raven is the, the dark one who's, you know, punished or tormented. Um, you know, Cyborg is the one that doesn't want to be who he is. He, he was in an accident. And none of that stuff, can, actually, Cyborg wasn't in this, but he's part of that team. And it's almost like they don't know their own characters yet again. Yeah.
2: Good job, DC.
1: Yeah. So, who's got uh, something else?
2: I you do. Want to go next to me. Go ahead.
1: Yeah,
0: and you know, finally, I do, and I, I'm starting to get a little bit nervous for this film at this point. And I wanted to know what you're if you guys felt the same way that I do. Um, the Predator has been going under some serious reshoots, some serious rewriting really uh a, a, yeah, apparently they uh, tested it on an audience and the audience hated it. So they rewrote and reshot all of the death scenes for for all of the characters hmm. and took out um, there there was a very early production image of predators like with the humans, like sitting on top of armored personnel carriers like it kind of going into battle with them they took out all of those scenes. So not just exclusive to predator, but when you hear of a film going some under some serious changes and, and possibly after a long break, you know, encountering continuity errors, do, does that make you nervous about the release of the film? Does that change your opinion on what you thought it would be? I guess.
2: I, I would say that it, doesn't necessarily make me nervous because it does give me a little bit of hope that that they're that they're actually listening and taking the advice of their test audience to heart. Um, I would be concerned that they might screw up screw up the story too much in order to pander to to the test audience, but there there are there are instances where listening to your test audience has changed has changed a film for the better. Um, just one instance off the top of my head and I'm going to go over a minute here just to give you this instance, but like dodgeball, okay. um, the, -hmm. the movie dodgeball initially ended with, uh, Ben Stiller's character being defeated by, or no, I'm sorry. With Vince Vaughn's character being defeated by Ben Stiller's character and the message that the, that the guy was trying to send was. Well, you know, this is, this isn't, this is an adult film and you don't always get what you want. And, you know, things don't always go your way. So you have to deal with it and, and, and live with disappointment. And, and the test audience absolutely hated it. Like they slammed the movie because the ending destroyed the movie and they got such bad ratings on it that they went back and filmed a different ending and it did so much better. And my my thought on that is, is you can't have a movie like Dodgeball, which is totally comedic value, you know, off the wall, goofy, and then have like this super serious um, uh, letdown at the end. It's right, like, I you, you got to understand. And he's like, well, you know, it fit better with the film and it was more meaningful that way. And I'm like, dude, people aren't going to see Dodgeball for a moral lesson. They're going to see Dodgeball to escape their mundane lives for a little bit and maybe get some laughs in. And you're bringing them down with that really crappy, bummy ending, you know? And I got they, li- they listened to their test audience and it ended up working out for the better. So if it's that kind of situation, it does give me a little bit of hope that they're actually listening.
0: Okay. it'd be like if Daniel, Daniel LaRusso lost to Johnny. Yeah. You know? You're like,
2: you shut why shut did I roof. watch this movie? <laughs> I'm
0: just Daniel
1: saying, LaRusso is an American hero
0: rob's point i i appreciate it
1: i think that reshoots make marketing a lot more you difficult. didn't
2: play me off greg
1: oh sorry one moment <laughs> There <you> go. Okay. <laughs> uh, i think reshoots make marketing a lot more difficult especially when it's out there i mean you see, I apparently saw an entire article about it that had very specific things they don't like and that's going to make people focus mm-hmm. on those things mm-hmm. uh there were reshoots for stuff like rogue one which were very publicized. Stuff like The Last Jedi, which were very publicized. Or not Last Jedi, um Force Awakens, which were very publicized. Um, but there was also ones, There was, I mean, there were reshoots for Fatal Attraction. Jaws, uh, E.T. had them, even Back to the Future. In fact, they had reshoots because, like, Marty changed. So, as long as it's oh, yeah. not yeah, publicized, yeah. as long as it's not publicized, it makes it a lot easier to do that because now the movie is fighting against Long time fans that are like, that's not my predator against the fact that people are like, well, it took reshoots, so obviously it sucks. And that early trailer, and, which wasn't very good. So,
0: right, it wasn't. And, and a release date. Yeah. That's um, already, there's been trailers before movies that I've seen. They're like, it comes out this date. And I'm like, oh crap, they're running out of time.
1: Mm-hmm. No, I think that, so I think it really depends on how they market the reshoots and how, how does it bounce back on that first week? Do enough people see it and say, oh no, it's actually good now? We're good because I mean, there were they wanted to reshoot Seven. the The audience hated the ending of Seven, and the ending of Seven made that movie like you left that movie feeling dirty
2: mm-hmm.
1: with the what's in the box stuff. Yep. And had they changed it and made it like a, a hero rescue movie, it would have completely lost the point of the movie.
0: Yeah, there's just a dozen roses in the box.
1: Yeah, <laughs> fifty gallons of tapioca pudding. Okay, <laughs> that's weird. Uh, it's just I don't know. It's. Uh, you have to be really careful with, with reshoots and just what press gets out there. Cause it's not like, I'm guessing that it's the, the studio that's releasing information about the reshoots, right? Like, or the,
0: yeah, I think so. Shane Black is still, you know, very kind of forward and, Oh, this is going to be a great movie and everything. But it's like, keep seeing these little snippets and it's like, Oh, to me, that's concerning. Yeah.
1: Okay.
2: We're I, I think the important thing is to to keep in mind your target audience and not let your artistic value outweigh your common sense um like because a movie like seven it was okay to have that kind of ending and but you know it's it 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 really has to do with with who you're who you're catering the movie to basically
1: mm-hmm. yeah uh, Rob I believe you had a quick question as well
2: I did um I actually saw today. That, um, there's going to be an Annabelle three. I, I saw that. I don't even remember Annabelle two. Did we really need one? Um, my question is, is do you think that, that, um, Hollywood overuses the sequel? And then I, it may take more than a minute, but can you give me off the top of your head? Can you give me five sequels that were actually better than the original? Because most of the time, sequels are not.
1: Well. Wow. That's a big question, the second part. The first part, I can do this really quick. Um, As long as they're giving Annabelle work, that is less time for her to come and murder me. (laughs) (laughs) And as I am 100% positive that I will be murdered at some point by a cursed doll, the fact that this one has an active job, I know I'm safe for at least a little while. All right. As for the sequel thing...
2: Oh, that's
0: tough.
1: Aliens 2, or Aliens. Yep. Yes, yes. Uh, Godfather 2, okay. I think is better. Okay. Some of them it's hard, though, because like, there are much later James Bond movies that are technically sequels that are better than the first one, mm-hmm. which could kind of round out the thing. But I'm guessing you're, you're not really looking for that, right? No,
2: no, no,
1: no. Because yeah, you could say, like, Empire Strikes Back. That, uh-huh. one, that is a sequel, so we'll go with that. Yep. So there's three of them. Uh, there was a, one of the horror movies as well. Uh, one of the Bloomhouse ones. The second one was better.
2: Insidious. Uh,
1: yeah, I think Insidious. Yeah, uh,
2: I I might disagree with that one, but you can have it on your list. That's okay.
1: Okay, that's four. Oh, Batman! Batman uh, Dark Knight was better. Yes, yes. So there is five right there. Yep, Jimmy.
0: I am going to steal from you. Uh, because I don't want to take up an extraordinarily long amount of time. Well, f-
2: first of all, what about, do you, do you think Hollywood overuses the sequel? Oh, for sure. Okay.
0: Um, especially, I, I saw there was an Annabelle 3, and I was like, really? You guys are going to keep beating that horse? Well, the problem um, is, is when
1: usually when they release something original it Bombs. So once they get their hands on a franchise, they're going to run it into the ground. Stranglehold.
0: Yeah. yeah, I just don't see how, I just, yeah, the doll thing doesn't do, I just, the, like they're making a child's play series now on TV and I'm just like why? Stop.
1: Uh, I don't know. First, I don't dolls get. It. out there I want it to be very clear that I respect your existence and I'm terrified of you. I will
0: light them on fire. And I TV don't care is about besmirching dolls. besmirching you. Fine. <laughs> I will fight them. I will step on their dead eyes. Um aliens
1: yeah. 100%. Yeah. Number 1.
0: Um I want to say Wayne's World
1: too. Wayne's world Wayne's two world really? Well, that had my favorite, um, monologue about the, the shopkeeper and his son were a different story altogether. I had, had beat to beat them, them to, with, their
2: with their
0: own shoes. Own shoes. Um, God, I, I want to say horror, uh, Friday the 13th part two.
2: Okay. The introduction of Jason.
0: Yeah. yeah. It, where it was just his mom before I was like, ah, and then we finally saw him. It was awesome. Um, what else did you say, Greg? There were two other ones I agreed with you on. There's Godfather 2. There was Empire Strikes Back. Empire, so that's three. Um, no, wait, is that four? And There's Dark Knight as well. Dark Knight, yeah, 100%. Um, how many is that? Is that five? I think so. It's close enough.
2: <laughs> Fair enough. All right, I'll take it. Um, for For those of you counting out there, I would also consider Terminator 2. Oh yeah, to be better than uh, that's like Terminator one of my all time
1: favorite movies, and I forgot it. Um, Terminator
2: two, um, yes, you you mentioned it. I was going to throw it in there, but the Wrath of Khan mm-hmm. is far superior to to Star Trek the Motion Picture because that one was just garbage. Um, I I also might submit the Two Towers over uh, Fellowship of the Ring.
0: Mm, I thought Two Towers was extraordinarily boring. Oh uh, well, what about Return of the King? Loved it.
2: So either one of those, I think, was better than I think Fellowship two Towers. I actually fell asleep during it. Mm. Re- Return of the King actually is my favorite of the 3, but um and yeah, on on my list would also be Aliens as well as Empire. So good job. That was that was a give me 5 on this on the spot. Nice yeah, you job. guys got
1: Yeah, that was tough. The listeners got a bonus 5. They're not That's what we're going to call. We're not nearly getting paid enough for this. No. Extra fives for these people out there.
0: And we're giving out free stickers? Man. Nah.
1: Yeah, uh Jimmy just mentioned this. Well, he mentioned a couple of things, some of which was before I hit record. Unfortunately. But, yeah, he mentioned some stickers here. So uh, as you might have seen on our Facebook page, I did a an unboxing. Hey, hey. Because apparently that's a thing that people like to watch. Yeah, I like them. uh Usually people that do it are not, you know, blithering goobers like myself. But I did an unboxing of some Give Me Five Podcast stickers. What? A roll of them. I believe I've got 50 of them. Hey, hey. And while I'm not giving all of them away, because... You know, I want to uh, hold on to them. I, I do. I am going to give them to uh, people that send in emails, uh, people that you know are our listeners and do stuff to help us. You know, like if we can, if we can track down anyone that leaves us reviews or have helped the the show in some way. Uh, for example, uh, there is going to be an email a little bit later on, and that person has earned themselves a sticker. And I believe. I believe Kerwin has definitely earned himself a sticker.
0: Oh, Kerwin for sure. Yeah, yeah.
1: So the really cool as stickers, as as if you want to see them. They're on our Facebook page and, you know, it's for the people that that, that help us out because, you know, it's the f- fun show and we like to uh, keep it growing. Anyway, um, um, before
2: let's... before we get too far, Greg, I believe you had some chastisement for me.
1: Uh, oh, yeah. Rob likes being chastised <laughs> by my do. wife of all people. Um, I've now mentioned her three times on the show, but all kind of related. So she was listening to the show the other day and she had she had some problems with some things that you said. Okay. Uh, first of all, this was to both of us because you said it and then I immediately agreed with you. Um, it is Michael Douglas, not Kirk Douglas. Uh, Kirk Douglas is 90 years old. He is not in the new Hitman movie.
2: <laughs> oh, God. Oh, okay. So
1: that one I'm going to give her.
2: Yeah. 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 I I apologize, Alicia. You you are correct.
1: Yeah. Um, the next one I can understand it could be a wording thing because in Indiana Jones three, the last crusade. That is when they reveal that that we named the dog Indiana, and she was saying that Rob messed up and said that it was Indiana Jones's dog, meaning that he named the dog Indiana. But
2: mm-hmm.
1: well, that yeah. was that, which I think that's just a matter of, of wording because technically, if you know my family's dog when I was a kid was also my dog. Yeah. So and that
2: and, I, and that's where I referred to that as. Because yeah. because his dad actually says in the movie we named the dog Indiana,
1: mm-hmm.
2: so meaning that it to me that signifies that it was a family dog. Therefore, it was also Indiana Jones's dog.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we did uh, a little bit of uh, of uh, wording there, but definitely not Kirk Douglas.
2: <laughs> no, in th- 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 there's no protecting that one. That, yeah, no, we're sorry, but I- Michael. <laughs>
0: Because he's probably listening. Um, and, and speaking of Kerwin, um, I, I failed to mention this previously when we did talk about it, but Kerwin did write in, um, favorite superheroes not really? established previously in comic books. And he had a really good list here. He had a real kind of, kind of wild one here, but, um, he agreed with us on a couple and I can't believe I forgot one of them. So he said, um, Unbreakable, Dark Man, uh blank man which he then reversed for the first two seasons of heroes um oh,
1: yeah
0: turbo kid oh god how in the crap mm. did we forget that so thank you so much for bringing that to our attention and one that he took some liberties with was dark city mm-hmm. which is an awesome movie and it really sparked some some more conversation
1: but, and a, the follow-up movie by alex proyas to the crow yeah so
0: thank you so much, dude. That. Really appreciate it. I
1: am starting to think that uh, instead of replacing one of us with a helper monkey, we need to possibly replace one of us with a helper Kerwin. There you go. Because
2: we've had conversations.
1: <laughs> anyway, Wait, I haven't I think, been
2: part of those conversations. Are you replacing me?
1: Technically, I haven't either. So <laughs> Oh,
2: oh, he's replacing me. Jimmy is just going to do a show with Kerwin.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Kerwin and I are starting our own podcast. So peace out. We already got sponsors. J and K. Or K and J. J-K. JK. Yeah.
1: Guys, let's talk about some music. I like music.
0: Oh, yes. Please, can we? Yep. I'm so excited. Uh, Jimmy
1: is chomping at the bit. So we got two new songs uh, out here by. I'm just going to say Synth Wave. I'm not a big fan of various. All the different genre type things. We're just going. Google has Gunship. Synth.
0: Yeah. Google has Gunship listed as Electrowave. Yeah. I don't know who wrote that.
1: I've seen, like, vocal Synth Wave for both Gunship and. Midnight, but whatever. So we got a new gunship. We got a new midnight. Jimmy, tell me about both of them. Gladly. So just talk about,
0: um, the midnight first, who, you know, allowed us to use their tracks as, uh, our opener. So right now we've got crystalline. Um, they're amazing dudes and they released this new song called lost boy on friday the 13th and actually if you're subscribed to their band camp you get it on the 12th which is when i heard it first it's a mm-hmm. it, as with the minute, it's it's a very male vocal heavy track but it's not metal i mean God, you guys if you've listened to the show you've heard um tyler lyle's voice and to me i find it
1: very soothing it's such a, it's just a cool sounding voice. There's, it, I don't mean cool, like sunglasses. Cool. I mean, cool, like
0: very like a cool breathing.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, like him, uh, Steve Perry from, from journey. There's certain people mm-hmm. that have a voice that is just, it's smooth and cool.
0: I just, I, one of them. I just imagine Tyler Lyle has like his breath smells like mint all of the time.
1: <laughs> he it's actually, a- um, I never seen him before. He actually posted a, uh, a little video like thanking people where he was in one of those like kind of holding the camera, the phone up and thanking people for downloading the song or buying the song or sharing it or whatever. Um, and I was like, Oh, okay. He kind of looks like I thought he would a guy, but the song yeah, is great.
0: He, with, um, with Tim McEwen, um, they are kind of the, they are the midnight. And that video that they posted was really neat because it was Tim McEwan and Tyler Tyler Lyle who are like on opposite sides of the country just kind of thanking everyone for their support. The song is great. It's got, it's called lost boy. So there are references to at least what I interpret references to the lost boys in there. Yeah. Um, they, uh, I, so I'm going to make this weird connection here and I'm not normally one for this, but the lost boys, uh, was released on July 31st, 1987. That makes this year, the 31st anniversary Mm. of the lost boys. And what I'll, I'll talk about next is the new gunship song, which was released the same day on July the 13th, which is, you know, 31 backwards. The gunship track was very heavily and music video, very heavily inspired by the lost boys, which just made some weird connection in my brain. And according to Gunship's AMA on Reddit, yes, I finally went on Reddit for something. Uh, it was an absolute coincidence. That these tracks,
1: I can imagine you going on Reddit very slowly, like clicking, like, eh, do I want to do this? <laughs> I was very because
0: they put on uh, Gunship, um, they put on you know their Instagram. Oh hey, we'll be doing a Ask Me Anything, and I've heard about these, and I was just like, oh, how cringe worthy is this going to be? Well, I'll tell you, a lot less cringe worthy than reading the comments on YouTube videos.
1: Oh yeah, it's there's. I think depending on where you go, mm-hmm. some of the mods are very good. The Synthwave one is pretty good. That's I'm there for that one.
0: It's R slash Outrun, yeah. is where gunships, um, ask me anything. Was released. So, anyway, uh, you know, there's no new album been released. I mean, crystalline came out very, you know, a very short time ago. Um, but the single is available on the Midnight's Bandcamp at the Uh They've been so kind of let us use their music as our intro, and uh, and I, I'm I'm a little peeved, um, but I'm not gonna hate too much. They're adding dates to their world tour and uh, those dates don't include Orlando or Florida. So, Hey
1: guys, they have an album called endless summer. I do think this the song is, is very cool. It's um, it doesn't have a lot of a hook, so I could definitely see it fitting in on an album, but mm-hmm. it's not as cinematic as some other things. I do have some concerns about the, I don't know if you call it a chorus even, But they do this weird vocal thing where it almost sounds like on the 80s keyboards that, like, you used to get, like, the little teeny tiny ones that had, like, the human voice button.
0: Yeah, it's called a a vocoder. Well,
1: no, not that, like, but there was, like, a keyboard that did it, too. Like, I know the vocoder thing, but it was, like, there was, like, a one that would have, like, a human voice, and you'd, like, press the keys and go, like, kind of like a monk or something. And they kind of did run his voice through a vocoder that sounded like that, or maybe it is that, who knows. Yeah, and I don't think it needed it.
0: it. They've done that on tracks previous. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of it because I think he has an amazing, unique voice, and they just don't need to go there. Um, I agree though.
1: I like they, they did, did on Lonely City back. on their yeah. first album, mm-hmm. and I th- they did it on Nighthawks on their first. Is it Nighthawks? I think on their first yeah, album. But I actually Night really like that, that song. It, I wanted to hate it because of that. I like that song lyrically so it makes me like that mm-hmm. the vocoder thing but like I don't want him to lean too much on that because the rest of the song is great.
0: Yeah, one track an album, that's cool.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: For for me I actually actually listened to it. I, I I liked what I heard, but it does seem a lot more like background music than than an actual um single. Yeah, than an actual single. That's what I
1: was saying. Like it it, it, it I don't want to say filler cuz it's a great song. But and, it definitely, it, it seems like get it's a push you through the album type song,
2: right? And the um and I don't know if you guys saw it, but I actually watched it on YouTube, and somebody had put it together with a with a um uh an edited clip of what I think was Risky Business with uh Tom Cruise and Rebecca DeMornay. Oh nice. Um, and it actually went pretty well with the uh, with the clip that they did. If you guys get a chance, you should check that video clip out because it actually was pretty nice. Okay, cool. Um, but, but it still to me sounded like it was more of a background kind of music thing as opposed to a, a focal point for like any kind of album. You know what I mean?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's, uh, what I, I'm, I'm happy that you were able to listen to it. Cause I was actually expecting during this segment that you would just loudly eat Reese's peanut butter cups as we were talking.
2: What are you talking? Yeah. What are
1: you talking he about? Is crinkle, crinkle, crinkle. <laughs> so yeah. let's, uh, let's move on to the new gunship song.
0: Yes, let's do it. So. We teased a teasing last week. Gunship was currently in the process of teasing us with new material. We speculated on it. They put that image up with all the names on the the headstones, and it all makes a lot more sense now. So on Friday the 13th, the same day that we got Lost Boy by the midnight, we got another Lost Boys-themed track from Gunship, and that's called Dark All Day. Uh, my favorite line from the song is, uh, you know, lost boys, come on, let's stay alive. Mm-hmm. It features vocals from Indiana, who we speculated was actually Indiana
1: Jones. No, it's a singer from the UK who is a pop, an alt pop singer. Yes. I've, I, I never heard of alt pop and I listened, no. but I listened to two or three of her songs.
0: Yeah. I very liked
1: them. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Um, a little bit of synth in the background, but very vocal heavy mm-hmm. and very, just good. Yeah, I agree. And,
0: uh, man, I just kind of blindly clicked on this as soon as I woke up on Friday and didn't see who it was featuring. So much to my surprise, it the music video is an anime style. So if you guys have seen Castlevania, um, I, I believe, Greg, you said it was co-produced by Adi Shankar?
1: Yes, yes, it was.
0: Who co-produces slash produces Castlevania. So it's very much in the same style, probably use the same artists, but it opens with saxophone and this big dude wearing chains around his neck. I go, Mm -hmm. Oh man, it's Tim Capello. Tim Capello is the sexy sax man, the sax player from the lost boys.
2: Yeah. And, and I, I got to tell you that I, I actually liked this. I I liked the song a lot, but I'll have to listen to the song again because I spent so much time focusing on the video going, oh, oh look at that oh what is it Oh oh look at that <laughs> And then yeah, of I course the, that I, exactly. I was like, oh, that's
1: from this that's a reference to that it was it was cool.
2: yeah.
0: so at some point they go to live action and if you go to YouTube it says featuring Indiana and Tim Capello, but I did not see that headline. So once <laughs> the video switches to live action, I freaking lost it. Tim Capello himself said, "Man, it was such a groovy track. I could not stop dancing."
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And you see it; he's doing this. He's the same guy from 31 years ago when he was in the Lost Boys, you know. And they were just having a blast with it.
1: Yeah, that's cool. Uh, this, I was, I've, I've watched the video a bunch of times. Like I would have seen know. it like
0: 140 times.
1: Yeah, I think I'm,
2: I. I saw it once, um, and as soon as he came on, I'm like, "Oh man, did they really get the saxophone player from that movie? That's awesome." <laughs>
1: Uh, what's uh, one quick little picky thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the first, not the first act, cause it opens up with kind of soulful mourning, or that's M O U R N I N G kind of mournful sax. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they show him like the animated version of him, And then there's like a, kind of a three or four sax hit kind of like that. And they don't show him again at that part. They show a keyboardist in the video and it tries, it drove me nuts every time. <laughs> really? <laughs> For some How reason.
0: I didn't pick up on that. And I've seen it several times.
1: Yeah. I was like, it like, it looked like it was, you know, when you're watching like a streaming thing and the, the voice isn't lined up or whatever, but it was it like, I was ex- fully expecting to see him again. Cause it was like straight up solo. And they didn't, they showed the wrong instrument, which I thought was weird. Um, but the video was great and the song is great. Uh, super cinematic opens up with all sorts of, all sorts of like city sounds and stuff and yep. sirens and everything. And actually I was dr- in the car listening to it and my son was like uh why are you why are you listening to sirens why are you listening to police cars you go shut up <laughs> yeah, listen to the music I, really. I, I had to like try to explain it and it's weird when you try to explain something to a kid you're kind of like well you know it makes a song dark like is this the right way to say it like it makes a song sound darker and that sounds kind of lame <laughs> like it makes it sound a little more dangerous yeah we'll just go with that
0: yeah i, I can see that because there's like the kicking up of a eighteen wheeler, eighteen wheeler, and then there's, you know, chains and mm-hmm. beeping sounds behind me.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait, there are chain sounds behind you too. You might want to check on that. Oh
1: God! <laughs> Anyone know Corbin's phone number? I do. Um <laughs> Yeah, but you were just murdered. Are you ready?
0: No. I'm just kidding. Um, so the video features three vampire hunters, um, and I did not recognize one of them
2: at all. Tattoo? Neither did I the
1: tattoo one? And then, yeah. tattoo one. Yeah. Yep. That I thought it was tat- a video game thing. Like
2: I, uh huh. I was gonna say, and I even caught the other reference from the movie that that guy is from because I caught the uh, the Gatling gun crotch gun reference. And I knew it was from yep. that movie, but I didn't know that that character was, was, uh, the, was the hero from that movie.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was a, a sex machine reference. And yeah. that was actually Tom Savini, which is, uh, just one of the greatest cameos. But yeah, Seth Gecko, uh, brother of Quentin Tarantino's character and from Dust Till Dawn is joined by Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Blade. Mm-hmm. And they are battling against David from the Lost Boys, who is this, like, big beefed-up version of him. Um, it's just a nostalgic throwback, man. It's so great. The song is just super energized and, and fun. Uh, clears up some of the names from mm-hmm. the the headstones on their Instagram post. You know, we had Dutch Schaefer, and I, I think the only connection to that was the uh, countdown timer that Blade, for some reason, had on his wrist. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there are other ones on there that I've, I've read through their Ask Me Anything. Um, Will Wheaton, for example, does a voiceover on one of their tracks. Kat Von D does vocals on one of their tracks. And, um, Richard K. Morgan. Vocals. I didn't either. Um, but they asked her to and she was super happy to do it. So, um, I'm super excited. Uh, new gunship, you know, unless you're Greg. You can pre-order it um, on gunshipmusic.com.
2: Uh-huh. You that
0: involves some need... explanation. You, yeah,
1: go ahead. Uh, at one point, Gunship released.
0: You, they, just I don't remember the, if they
1: had a sale. Hit them up again. Yeah, they, they, they had a sale or something where you could get like a CD and a T-shirt, and there was actually a record, but it was like cool, like it was like clear blue or silver or something. I don't know it was cool. It had like their their logo, which at the time looked like the. Uh, very silver, like, T2 kind of logo. So I ordered it, and I never received it. And I've emailed them multiple times. I never received it. So either it went to my old house, because, like, sometimes that had happened. But my renters at the time never told me. Or someone, or they never shipped it. that's the only possible excuses. So I think that Gunship should give me free stuff now.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but if you actually go to their Ask Me Anything page on Reddit... You can still ask questions. Um, I would suggest that you do that.
1: Or oh, tweet no. them. I don't want to call them out publicly because like, I eh, I okay. would still support them. You know, like, Look, I can I, I could have listened to all of that music for free. even, But I still I, bought the CD because I want them to keep going with their stuff. Uh, I would also I like, to like to be able to wear like the shirt. Hmm?
2: I said I wish it worked like that because then Loot Crate would owe me a bunch of stuff because it's ridiculous. I always have to call them to remind them to ship my subscription.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you know, I'll contact them. Like, every,
2: like every month.
1: Yeah, maybe I can contact them. Um, This this video was made by Angry Metal is the mm. name of the thing. I will try to link to their page on our Facebook page. Um, They do some really cool stuff. They've got some neat things on their page. However, Angry Metal Animation Studios, we, even with all that awesome work, has um only 134 people liking them. So go out there and like their stuff because, I mean... They did some really cool, fun stuff. And I'm also, as yeah, I'm saying this, I'm scrolling through their, um, page, hoping that there's nothing there that I don't want to see. Like, I don't want to <laughs> tell someone to like a page and then, you know, like, oh, if you get, right. if you get past, uh, June of 2016, it's nothing but Nazi propaganda, but like them anyway. <laughs> no, that is not now, there.
0: Uh, Rob, I'm really glad you liked it. I know this is kind of a, a, a new form to you. Mm-hmm. Um, I I'm honestly surprised that the video only has like 200,000 hits.
1: Well, it's been like three days. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Millions views by now. So here's, here's what I say to you, beloved listeners out there. I hear a lot of times from people when I, I talk about music a lot with friends, coworkers, whatever. And I hear a lot of people say, well, all the music on the radio is crap or I don't like any of the new stuff or whatever. And it's basically old guy talk, you know, all the music was good back in whatever era. Uh there is good music coming out now. And you find that on places like Bandcamp and you might have to do some searches, but that's not hard to do. Type in the band you like, and you'll find stuff that's similar to it. So go out there, um, check out Gunship, that's all one word, check out the Midnight, which you hear every time you listen to this show, and you know, support some of these newer bands that are doing cool, interesting stuff. You know, there's Yeah, I there's all sorts of good stuff out there. I mean, I've i found some I've found alt country bands and Rob can attest to how much I don't like regular country, but some of the alternative country bands I've found through stuff like walking dead, you know, like some of the, the sequences mm-hmm. at the beginning of the show. Um, there's a great music on the, the Legion soundtrack. I was listening to that most of the day. So, you know, you can find good stuff out there. Just, you know, hold up your phone with Shazam to the TV and, you know, someday I'm going to do some sort of thing on like soundtracks and like cool new music, but there's good stuff out there. Yeah. And that's the end of my rant. Sorry.
2: Mm-hmm. You are forgiven. No worries. I do
1: know.
0: No. Check them out. You'll, I don't know if you guys don't like them, then I don't like you. <laughs> uh,
1: usually I would disagree with you, but he's right. If you don't like them, then there's something wrong with Thank your you. soul.
2: <laughs> um, I guess I can go next with the, uh, with the book that I read or, or listened to, because yes. I do most of my books via audible now. Um, I I actually listened to a book that I really enjoyed. It was called Kings of the Wild, and it was it was written by um, uh, Nicholas. What was his
1: last name? Nicholas Sparks.
2: Negative. I don't think that's correct. Eames. Nicholas Eames. E a m e s. But the the book focuses on this band, and they he uses the term band to to describe a. A group of mercenaries, basically, uh, and okay. in, not wild in this, civilians. right in in this world. Um, the the most famous people in this universe are the mercenary bands, and this this story focuses on the most famous band to ever you know basically walk the earth. Um, the only problem is, is it focuses on this band like twenty years after their prime, so. So they're all old. Um, they've they've grow, they've put on a lot of weight, you know, and it's dealing with it's them kind of dealing with their mortality and still having to get together for a quote unquote last adventure. Um one of the without giving away too much, one of the band members' daughters is trapped in a castle that is being surrounded by a hundred thousand a hundred thousand strong army of the Heart Wild Horde. And yes, it, it is just as as disturbing as it sounds. Um, lots of monsters. The Heart Wild is basically this untamed wilderness where all kinds of all kinds of fantasy monsters live, and only the bravest bands venture into the forest to challenge these monsters and bring back the spoils of their of their trip. Um, but like I said, it focuses on on this group like twenty years after their prime, and they're basically going to save Golden Gabe's daughter who is the, the and they call him the front man, um, the front man of this band. And it's just really well written. And it's, it's comedic at times. The action scenes are very well done. Um, and it, I, I found this little, this little excerpt. Um, when, when, you, makes, when you
1: mentioned that they're like 20 years past their prime, I picture like, I don't know, like John Travolta and Danny Glover and like Richard Dreyfus like complaining about their like sciatica and carrying swords.
2: Pretty much, pretty much. Um, and I kind of want to see that it, just, just to give so you why? an idea. Cause, cause there's, there's actually an excerpt, an excerpt from the book that describes all of their characters perfectly. Um, it's, uh, and, and if you don't mind, I'll go ahead and it, it's fairly short. It's not terribly long. No, go for but, it. Um, among them is a renegade king, he who sired five royal heirs without ever unzipping his pants, a man to whom time has imparted great wisdom and an even greater waistline, whose thoughtless courage is rivaled only by his unquenchable thirst. At his shoulder walks a sorcerer, a cosmic conversationalist, enemy of the incurable rot, absent chairman of combustive sciences at the University in Oxford, and the only living soul above the age of eight to believe in owl bears. Look here at a warrior born, a scion of power and poverty whose purpose is manifold, to shatter shackles, to murder monarchs, and to demonstrate that even the forces of good must sometimes enlist the service of big, bad motherfuckers. He is an ancient soul destined to die young. And now comes the quiet one, the gentle giant, he who fights his battles with a shield, stout as the tree that counts its age and eons, constant as the star that marks true north and shines most brightly on the darkest nights." A step ahead of these four, our hero. He is the candle burnt down to the stump, the cutting blade grown dull with overuse. But see now the spark in his stride. Behold the glint of steel in his gaze. Who dares to stand between a man such as this and that which he holds dear? He will kill, if he must, to protect it. He will die, if that is what it takes. Go get the boss, says one guardsman to another. This bunch looks like trouble. And they do. They do look like trouble at least until the wizard trips on the hem of his robe, he stumbles cursing and fouls the steps of the others as he falls face first into the mud slick hillside. And and that's essentially, I mean, that's, that's their characters. That's who they are. And the interaction, that be- sounds great. the interaction between them is great. Um, it, it, it kind of reminds me of that old, um, not old. Well, I mean, I guess now it's old, but that Toby Keith song, I'm not as good as I once was. But I'm as good once as I ever was. <laughs> so it it, it kind of reminds me of that song, but it's 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 really well done. It's 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 very enjoyable. You really get to you really get invested in the characters. Um there's another character in there. I I, I would really like for you guys to read the book, so I don't want to spoil that part for you, but there's a character in there who um who actually is an Eton and the and I don't know if you're familiar with Eddins, but Eddins are like two-headed giants, basically. Okay. Um, and the relationship that the one Etton that the one head, basically has with his other head is is just just beautiful, for lack of a better term. Um, it, like like brotherly love, and and being able to see the beautiful side of the really crappy life that they, the really crappy hand that they've been dealt. And how they deal with it and everything. It's just it's just really well done. I I enjoyed it. I give it two thumbs up.
0: That's awesome. How 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 long was it?
2: Um the audible version of the book was hang on a second. 17 hours and 49 minutes.
0: Oh boy. Okay.
2: So it's it's not bad. I mean and it's broken up into probably like uh, thirty to forty minute chapters. Awesome.
1: So that was uh, the book was say it again in the title?
2: The Kings of the Wild.
1: Kings or actually, Marvel. I
2: think it's just Kings of the Wild, W Y L D. Cool.
1: So if you are into fantasy novels, I suggest checking that book out because it sounds like a new take on it in a genre that um, I think you know, it sometimes needs that kind of thing. It needs new perspectives.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm and I'm curious to see how he's going to how he's going to continue it because the second book in the series actually comes out in September, I believe. Comes out uh, very shortly here, um, but the, it sounds like the second book focuses on the daughter who is more of mercenary age.
1: Okay, second book is um so, going out to find the uh, the last prunes in all of wild.
2: Yes, pretty much, pretty much. Metamusical, <laughs> but I, but I'm wondering, I'm wondering if the second book is going to lose some of that magic that the first one had simply because it's not focusing on the past the prime warriors, which is kind of. Which is kind of what made the characters endearing and and made you kind of care for them and whatnot. So,
1: There's an entire chapter on them trying to get done with a shuffleboard game in time to get to the early bird special down at the Sizzler.
2: (laughs) (laughs) The Sizzler. So, yeah. Cool. Check it out. I enjoyed it. Awesome.
1: And now, I think I want to talk about some exploitation horror. All right. So, last week, Rob managed to get a day off of work. And it just happened to be Friday the 13th. So it did. We got together, we uh, sanded down some props that I printed on the 3D printer, and we got ready to watch the last drive-in marathon on Shudder.
2: And, and that was an epic failure.
1: And we'll get to that What part. happened? So we'll get to that part. So Joe Bob Briggs okay. is a guy who is a comedian, a writer, and a film critic, and he was very well known for hosting a show called Drive-In Theater on the Movie Channel for about 10 years. And then the Movie Channel kind of changed up what it was doing. So TNT picked it up and they changed the name to Monster Vision. And it was basically him announcing movies and making fun of stuff. And he would do a he kinda did a thing where he would like talk about various things that happened. You know, there there's seven demon possessions in this movie and one severed head and eighteen pairs of breasts and stuff like that. Like he would do that before each movie or in between segments, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um so it was on TNT for four years and then ended in two thousand. Apparently people remembered that. And apparently Shudder, the horror movie streaming thing did a really good job of advertising it and i think they did such a good job of advertising it because they used these like online blogs and basically what they're going to do is um play a bunch of movies i think it was 13 movies it's about 24 hours of horror of a exploitation horror and
2: yeah you've got 13 listed here yeah
1: so they were and they were going to play it and it was so popular that shutter crashed for hours now we were to the point of where the me hanging out with for Rob... all
2: of the time that we were trying to watch it. Yeah,
1: the entire time Rob and I were trying to watch it, um, it was supposed to start at nine at night. Um, it got to the point of where we went from Rob and I watching it to Rob, I, and Jimmy uh, going to have some Mexican food because it wasn't playing.
2: And it still wasn't working.
1: And we came back, it still wasn't working. So because I was in the mood for... it, was That thing hit at the right time for me. I was in the mood for just cheesy exploitation, gore, horror, you know, hmm all that fun stuff and so we just kind of i just kind of picked from my own collection and turned out that the movies well, at least one of the movies i picked uh we was one of them pieces so they they played as oh by the way um that one of the this comment came up online which i thought was funny a guy named rj7 was a twitter user it's s-e-v-i-n in case you want to check him out uh my son said that there should be a 10-hour loop of me on the couch refreshing the shutter apple johnny cash's cover of hurt plays because apparently like people were basically like us, just keep on refreshing oh, it. <laughs> so um, they did fix that, by the way. The, the stream is now, they basically added it. It's no longer a live stream, but they're, you can go onto Shudder and watch all of them with the commentary as if it was a live stream. Um, they also put it on their Amazon channels and YouTube TV, whatever that is. So it's on Shudder now, which is a which is a $3.99 a month horror movie streaming thing. Um, so anyway, they played Taurus Trap, Sleepaway Camp, Rabid, The Prowler... Uh, sorority Babes in the Slime Ball Bola Rama, uh, which
2: we actually unknowingly watched. Yeah,
1: we did watch that one. Yeah, so we did.
2: We, we were just looking for other stuff to watch and ended up watching that.
1: Yeah, which is funny because that, that's like the third or fourth time I've seen it. Like as soon that- as I as soon as I saw the uh, the little demon guy, little demon well puppet, <laughs> I was like, oh, I've seen this because it used to be on USA Network up all night. Uh, Daughters of Darkness, Blood Feast, which is considered the first gore film, Basket Case, Reanimator demons the legend and the legend of boggy creek which i actually did watch it's that one's a hard watch but it is one of the first found footage type documentaries and it's it's hard to watch because it's the quality of the film is very like 1970 although i believe it was a top 10 film in 1970 which is crazy really? to me but it's like a it's kind of a precursor to the blair witch it's one of those like is it real or isn't it bigfoot type things mm-hmm. uh, made literally made by a bunch of like rednecks living in arkansas Uh, They played Hellraiser, and then they played Pieces, which is the other one we watched, which is a Mm -hmm. movie I actually own, thanks to the fine folks at the Trick or Treat radio podcast. They sent it to me. Yay! Yeah, so check those guys out as well. Um, And it was just, it was just really fun. I mean, I did, I was able to watch a little bit of it with the commentary. It clearly hit a nerve because they had so many viewers that the whole thing went down. And people were initially pissed, but when it started coming back, they were getting a little better. Um, I guess we can probably talk about the two movies we did watch. Uh, Rob, what did you feel about Pieces?
2: Yeah. Uh,
1: There's your reaction, right? Yeah, there. Yeah, I,
2: uh, it was it was time that I'll never get back.
1: Oh, it was glorious! Come on, you don't like the tennis star slash police officer that was stopping murders?
2: Yeah, well, and and the <laughs> one of the biggest ones where I finally was just like, all right, what what is the uh, the pool drowning?
1: Oh uh, yeah, yeah. That my son unknowingly walked walked in on when he opened up the door.
2: Yeah. As yeah.
1: the person was being drowned naked in a pool by a pool net.
2: Yeah. Except that except that he just put the net over her head and she was like swimming in a pool that was, I don't know, like six, seven feet deep and all she really had to do was just drop under the water. <laughs> Instead, she's trying to swim up against the net and holding onto it and going, oh, oh, oh. And I'm like, really? Just push push it off. You're, you're in the water. It's not like he's... <laughs> it's like, come on.
1: Well, one, yeah. first of all, I now have audio of you going, oh, oh, oh. Yeah, you do. Which will...
2: You had that before, though. Wow. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs>
1: I, I think I'm going to bring up my second thing now rather than go down that path. Uh, two, I... I... Believe I watch these movies specifically for terrible kills. I mean, there's for every good chainsaw, you know, chainsawing, there's, you know, someone getting killed by a pool net, a floppy pool net, mind you. Having cleaned many a pool, that thing could have just been bent right back. Um, but there were some pretty good kills in that movie. It was, I I actually owned it, but I hadn't watched it yet because, like, all the way through, because sometimes when people say, like, oh yeah, this movie really is exploitation and it's very violent, you're like, yeah, whatever I can handle. It. And you watch it and you're like, oh no, that was probably not something I should watch like some of uh, the Italian like zombie movies with like the, the real like that look like they're real uh-huh uh, look like snuff films basically so some of those I'm not a big fan of but mm-hmm. this was, you know, it, it had its moments um not as many moments as sorority babes in the slime ball bolorama
2: yeah. well see and and again that's that's it's a to me it's a different type of movie because the sorority babes in the slime ball bolorama it knew that it was a a basically B horror movie and it went for it, whereas I felt like pieces was trying to be serious, but it was just poorly written or poorly. I mean, it was it was just well, it, poorly. It executed. was an
1: Italian film, I believe. It was a husband and wife team, but like some of the people were actually Italian actors, and some of them were American. You could kind of tell the dubbing was weird.
2: Mm-hmm. And they were and they were trying to take. It felt to me like it was one of those movies where they were intentionally trying to make a completely serious film but it was just total garbage. Mm-hmm. Whereas sorority babes in the slime bowl, arama they knew that they were making a garbage film and they had fun with it. At least that's what I got from
1: it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That one, like I said, it came right back when I saw it. I was like, Oh, I've seen this. It's got the, the nerds spying on the sorority girls. And they're like typical nerds with the tape on the glasses and stuff like that. They're, they're watching the sorority girls have an initiation as they get caught. They basically get sent to a, a bowling alley to steal like a trophy. And it turns out the, trophy um, opens up the gates to hell and releases a demon that causes them to all start murdering yeah. each other basically <laughs> or causes one of them to start murdering other ones yeah um so that one was kind of fun um one of the other i've mentioned already legend of boggy creek which i watched uh Taurus trap was another one i got to watch and Taurus trap was really the precursor in some ways it was one of it didn't do well but it was actually one of the early slasher films And the story you've probably seen before, it's the people, the car breaks down, they stop at this like tourist thing. It's like a wax museum slash thing for the Old West. And it turns out that there's a guy there murdering people to actually make the mannequins. Uh, the, The villain's actually pretty creepy. The kills are not that scary, but the overall vibe of the movie is pretty scary. Um, I don't know if it came out before or after Texas Chainsaw Massacre, or well, I know it came out before Jeepers Creepers. But if you like either of those movies, Taurus Trap is probably where it came from, give or take. Either it f- went along the same path or it um, inspired some of these other movies. It would actually be a pretty cool movie to remake. Not sequel, because Rob would be angry, but remake would be good.
2: <laughs> well, I have an issue with some remakes as well. And
1: The but... uh, the poster's pretty cool. The, the villain's pretty cool. The, the killer, so to speak. And uh, Joe Bob Briggs was not happy that there was a very large lack of boobs. He was happy with the small jean shorts. And there's not as much ridiculousness in that one as you would think. But I did enjoy that one. Okay. So uh, Shudder, like I said, it's a streaming service. Uh, one last little thing about it. Uh, they just announced today that Creepshow is... There's going to be Creep Creepshow anthology coming to Shudder by Greg Like Nicotero, which also explains why just yesterday they added Creepshow 2 to Shudder, which I also watched. And remember that one, the one that was one with the, the raft episode with the slimy stuff, eating people and the wooden Indian that murders people like as a revengeful kind of thing. So, I and the hitchhiker that. one with the
0: Oh yeah. That one was yeah.
1: good. So that is now on shutter. Um, you can get like a free, uh, we're not getting paid for this. Obviously. Uh, you can get like a free sample of shutter and it's only 399 a month. So I'm checking it out. There's, there's some pretty cool stuff on there. So that was last drive in marathon. And I think it might be time for the question. Okay, so, guys, the question this week...
2: I, I think it actually ties back to last week's question. That'd it
1: does tie back to last week's question, and it actually comes from a listener. Uh-oh. And the listener uh, comes in from Rob. Not you, I don't think. Maybe Unless you've me. got some sort of weird, like, multiple personality sleepaway camp kind of thing going on. Sometimes. But it comes in from, from Rob, a listener. Hey, guys, love the show. In last week's episode, you talked about the five best single-set movies... This got me thinking about the five greatest single-set TV shows, and I want to know what you think are the are the five best single-set TV shows. So, first of all, thank you, Rob, for the question. Yeah, and what thank do you? Um, for the and I think what you're what you're talking about is a bottle TV show or a bottle episode.
2: Bottle episode, yes.
1: Which mm-hmm. is a term, I guess it comes from uh, original Star Trek
2: series. Yes, yes. It, it was actually Star Trek that coined the phrase, and it was. It it was used to describe that it was the whole ship in a bottle thing. So that's where the, the bottle episode came from.
1: And uh, bottle episodes are usually, um, they're very cheaply produced episodes. And usually they're used if you've got, like, a massive set piece to do in some other episode in the season. Or guest stars or something like that that you need to use the money on. So they'll take an episode and make, like, the characters be locked in an elevator. Or they'll use one or two sets very few sets when they normally would go to multiple locations okay
0: yeah or um, in in the research i did uh with you know the original series of star trek uh if for example they went up against the super bowl or you know some other giant tv event where they knew ratings would be down they did this as well
1: okay yeah and that was from that era too when that mattered cuz you weren't getting the replays and the the taping and all that stuff well you didn't have as many networks as well so yeah. Mm-hmm. Um The other thing that they sometimes did was for a fill-in episode. So they, you know, they might produce a script and be ready to go with it. And then for some reason, the studio or someone says, no, this is not going to air. It's too controversial. It's not good enough. It's not whatever. So they'll, they'll take that. They'll very quickly write a script that might showcase a character or a few characters. And that would be another opportunity for a bottle episode. Um, So guys, what do we think? Our top five, and I'll say bottle episodes, are from television.
0: Well, continuing with tradition, I can go first. Do it, Jimmy. So my number five is going to be uh, one that I'm not sure it's going to appear on your list, but uh, it's the one where no one's ready, and that was Friends. Okay. I'm not the biggest Friends fan in the world, but I used to watch it every day on my, my dinner break at Target when i worked there many years ago and this episode was particularly funny it just took place in that one apartment i was going to say that's
2: the one that took place in like monica's apartment right
0: yeah
1: yeah if you watch friends now it's not been all that long ago but if you watch them now it's like they, they really seem like like homophobic sociopaths yeah. watching it like through the eyes of like today's uh you know, today's environment it's mm-hmm. kind of funny mm-hmm. and we but anyway go on
0: Number four is My Coffee with Niles, and that's from Frasier, where Frasier and Niles, you know, spend the whole episode at Cafe Nervosa, and it's mm. just – it's it's really funny. There, there are some jokes in there that are like, whoa, hey, no, you can't do that anymore, but um,
1: really good episode. And, uh, of course, a play on My Dinner with Andre, which was another one-set movie.
0: Number three is
1: Ice – by
0: X-Files. Nice. Okay. Number two, I, I can't, in good conscience, uh, not include an episode of the original series, Star Trek. It is Balance of Terror. It's from the first season of Star Trek. It was very taut. Um, I... I, I <laughs> did you hear that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm sorry about that. It was very taut. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's honking be- their horn, horn outside of my apartment.
1: We're doing. There's honking and uh, construction going on, and it is, in fact, 1131 at night.
0: It actually dealt with some social issues. Uh, this is the first time we saw the Romulans and how closely connected they were to the Falcons. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it, it was a very tight episode. It was very good. So, number one, and... Greg, you you might remember our conversation about this. When Breaking Bad was actually going on, I hated this episode until you explained why, basically,
1: to me. Not the bottle episode, but, like, what it actually meant. Yeah, exactly. And and you're not wrong. I hated the episode until the last five minutes.
0: Yeah. And that's the fly on Breaking Bad, Mm -hmm. which was just a very good – Walter White could not continue with his operation until he got rid of this fly and – you know, spent the whole time trying to exterminate this thing. It was, it was wonderful. Um, it, it had some implications going forward to the show.
1: Yeah. Well, they, they were trapped in the, yeah. so they were just for, for those of you out there, they were trapped Walter White and Jesse, the, the drug dealer and his assistant were trapped in their lab, which was underneath like a laundry facility and they were going to make the drugs, but it needed to be 100% pure. And Walter White was insisting that there was a fly buzzing around and if it touched anything, it was going to ruin the entire batch and ruin all the chemicals they had procured illegally to get to make the drug. Mm-hmm. So Jesse is helping him out basically throughout the whole episode. And as part of it, there's a little story being told about Jesse's aunt who is who was hearing animals in her house. And at the end, it basically turned out that the reason they were hearing animals was because of some something going on with the aunt's brain. Which really kind of let you know that maybe something wasn't entirely right with Walter White. And it was like one of those, you watch the whole episode, you're like, really? They're just going to be stuck on this whole thing the whole time? And then you get to the end, it's like, oh. oh that's what God. happened. Yeah. So, that was, um, yeah. That's a great episode. So, uh, who wants to go next? Should five. I go or should Rob? Whichever. Okay. Well, I'm chatting already. Yeah. So let me, go let ahead, me Greg.
2: Go. go for it.
1: My number five. Showed up on Jimmy's list, and that is Ice, the X-Files episode, which was, ba- which was very similar to the thing, kind of a melting ice spore thing. Um, very good episode from season one. There was actually three really good bottle episodes in season one of X-Files because they didn't know they were going to have the budget. So they, there's three in that season. Um, Ice, there was a green something, and I forget what the other one was, but I ran into all those as I was kind of looking stuff up. Uh, number four was Seinfeld, the Chinese restaurant episode, where the entire episode there in a Chinese restaurant waiting to get, trying to get to see, uh, I believe the lost planet. Mm-hmm. And very uh, nearly
2: made my list.
1: I think that's and the movie. That, it's like I a like Seinfeld,
2: movie. I didn't watch the show, but I have actually seen that episode.
1: Yeah. And they all got their own things going on. That movie, that episode was really funny. I, I vaguely remember that being like the first Seinfeld episode that I, that kind of caught me on the show. It was one of the first ones where like, they really leaned into nothing really happening. And it was really good. And of course the, the owner of the Chinese restaurant was, uh, I forget his name. He's his picture is in a Thai restaurant down the street from where we work. But hmm. um, and he is uh, uh, in uh, he's the voice of someone in Kung Fu Panda, and I believe he is uh, Cassandra's father in Wayne's World too. To go to that reference, he's, but anyway,
2: he's also in Big Trouble in Little China.
1: Yep, yeah,
2: he's Lo Pan, isn't he?
1: Yeah, I believe so. Could be wrong. Pretty sure someone will tell us who we are uh, number three. I am going to go Buffy I season see. seven, episode seven of Buffy: Conversations with Dead People. Now, this one you might it. Is multi-set, but every character is in their own set for the entire time. Um, so it was shot as one of those kind of one of those bottle episodes. That's that was why they did it. Um, it's called "Conversations with Dead People." Basically, um, Buffy chats with a uh, former classmate who is now a vampire, and is she doesn't really remember him, but she's slowly remembering him because um, he's now a vampire. Uh, like I said, uh, Dawn, that's Buffy's sister kind of person. Uh, her mom is trying to reach out to her. Uh, characters, the kind of nerd, like computer geek characters, Jonathan and Andrew are chatting with the ghost of one of their former friends, Warren, and, um, a character named Willow, or a character, Willow, um, is speaking to a ghost of a former character named Cassie that had been saved by Buffy in the past. Um, really good episode. It was, you know, that season, I know a lot of people kind of said that the heart of the show was kind of out of it at that point, but that was a good episode. Uh, number two was the w- very first episode of Mad Men that I ever saw. And it was from season four. It was episode 11. It was called The Suitcase. Uh, they were trying to, it was, um, Elizabeth his character and John Hamm's character, so Don Draper and, uh, Peggy were writing a ad for a a Samsonite suitcase and having a hard time with it. And they go to a, they kind of go to a restaurant together, but they, most of the episode, they're, they, I think the, they're at a restaurant for most of the episode, but then at the end of it, they gather together in, in a dark office. I believe it's New Year's Eve. And, they, it's the first time the the boss character who was in charge of everything and the woman was supposed to be kind of subservient is the first time that they kind of learned to stuff about each other and it was also the thing i really liked about that episode is that it made it very clear that they weren't going to be a love interest kind of situation it was going to be kind of a mentor situation because it kind of ended with her falling asleep on his lap as i think there were fireworks outside if i remember correctly i haven't seen it in a while uh number one the fly or fly by from breaking bad talked about it already so nice. Those were my five.
2: Nice, awesome. Solid. Um, well, I'll problem. go ahead and I'll go ahead and give you my five. Um, I I did actually share. Um, actually, it looks like only one with with uh, you guys, but the I on number five, I, I'm gonna go ahead and throw in the the Star Trek episode because you can't have a list of these without having you know the the, the show, series that started it. Yeah, the, the show that basically pioneered the bottle episode. Um, so I've got balance of terror from star Trek in my number five, um, on my number four is a completely underrated series in my opinion, and it was canceled way too early. And a lot of that was just due to network network stuff. And, but the, the series firefly had a great, I thought he was going to go with cop rock (laughs) had a great bottle episode called out of gas. And it was basically Nathan Fillion's character. Um, Nathan's Fillion character is stuck on his ship, and his ship is running out of gas and he's running out of air. And it's basically him reflecting on his crew and him and how they've gotten to where they're at. And it's basically kind of like a reflection episode, but it's really well done. So that's going to be my number four. My number three is (laughs) made the list, even though it's an animated show so ballsy um do you remember (laughs) the tv show c lab 2021 yes Yes. it was on on cartoon network for a while they had an episode and and those episodes were only like like what 15 20 minutes long greg something like that they were like they were mostly made up of
1: clips of like other shows or like right
2: well c lab 2021 had an episode called in the closet and it basically involved two characters going into the going into a broom closet to make out and they got stuck in the broom closet and the, and the door was locked behind them. Now, one of the reasons why I say this show, this episode in particular was so ballsy was because the episode focused around these two characters that were locked in the closet, but there were also no lights. So for probably like five to eight minutes of the entire episode, it's just a black screen. so so this animated episode Easiest
1: animator job ever
2: exactly has absolutely yeah, right. no animation in a 20 minute episode for like eight minutes there's no animation whatsoever and when there is animation it's somebody opening the door and then getting stuck in the closet with them so the door closes and then it's all black it's like what absolutely brilliant fantastic i thought it was really funny i actually really enjoyed that show i thought it was really funny but um great bottle episode in the closet sea lab 2021 um my number two is going to be another star trek episode but this time i'm going to go with deep space nine and it's going to be the deep space nine episode called duet and basically it's like an interrogation episode where Kira is interrogating this Cardassian prisoner of war who's suspected to be um, like the head of the, the head of one of their, of the like, largest concentration. I, I
1: can't like let him. it go. Was it but Kim Cardassian? Oh um, man. I tried to stop myself. In fact, was, I, I, I waited on pressing the mute button, but I had to do it. I'm sorry. It was, I'm going away now.
2: And you're All going right, so to you're hell great. for that anyway it was Kira interrogating a Cardassian um had some great messages but it's a, it's a lot of like interaction between Kira Norris and this Cardassian and very well acted very well done um and a great message at the end um where Kira comes to the realization that it's it's not necessarily right to even though even though the Bajorans were wronged and you know this this um the concentration camp was a terrible thing. Not all Cardassians share the same views and to, to condemn someone simply because they're Cardassian was not, she, she comes to realize that that's not, that's not a good enough reason. Um So it's a very powerful episode, very well done, very well acted. So that's going to be my number two, but my number one is going to be, is going to be another animated show. And that's going to be family guy. And it's probably my favorite episode to date of Family Guy. And that's called The Vault. Uh, I believe it's called The Vault. Wait, let me double check. Um, but it's the one where uh, Brian and Stewie. Oh, no, the episode is called Brian and Stewie. That's right. They get stuck in a bank vault. So it's just Brian and Stewie interacting, which which incidentally are the same actor because um, he, uh, he, he voices both of them. So, but the interaction between the two of them is just fantastic and a l- lot of really funny moments in that episode. And, and like I said, to date, it's, it's my favorite episode of family guy. All right. Well, Greg has been banished from the rest of the episode and yep, maybe done. more. We'll, we'll decide that later. So Jimmy and I are going to hammer out the definitive five on this one. Um, and I don't know. I, I, I may be I may be um putting in episodes um under duress because I, I, I think that there's another one that should be included, but Okay. Under protest, these are your definitive five. <laughs> uh, right. so go ahead. Number five.
0: I was gonna say your number five is going to be Seinfeld, the Chinese restaurant. Yeah. Your number four is going to be the episode of C Lab,
2: and that's in the closet. Yep. And I had, I, I had to stand up for that one simply because the balls that it took to put a 20 minute cartoon on TV with almost half of it being a completely black screen and just having, just having voiceover is like the definition of a bottle episode. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, it's completely money saving all of it, you know, all the way down. And yeah, I, I had to fight for that one. Yeah,
0: totally. I give you that. Number three is going to be X-Files, the episode entitled Ice. Yeah,
2: I, I didn't number, see that one. It,
0: it was very good. Uh, number two, because it appeared on uh, Greg's list and mine, even mm-hmm. though Greg's opinion does not matter anymore, is going to be Fly from
2: Breaking Bad. Don't and say I anything, didn't, Greg. I didn't, I didn't see that one. No, Greg's not allowed to talk. He's been no, banished. not anymore. Yeah. Um, I, I did not see that episode. I actually haven't watched the Breaking Bad series. I've been told it's very good, but I just haven't watched it.
0: It is very good, and you don't really need to understand the the rest of the series to watch this episode because it is just Walter White and a fly. Mm-hmm. So it's very good. Number one.
2: We would be remiss if we did not include the originator of the bottle episode in the definitive five list, and that's going to be Star Trek Balance of Terror.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. Just a great episode. Dealt with a lot of social issues. I mean, uh, there's a lot of, you know, peeling back the onion here, but uh, mm. Balance of Terror. Very good. Very taut episode. Yeah. Uh, Tight like a tiger, um, and I should say. so.
2: And I, under, I pro- under protest, I would like to include the episode from Family Guy, which is probably one of the best episodes of Family Guy, Brian and Stewie, where they get locked in the vault.
0: Yeah, I, I can't recall saying it. Oh, um, I'm sure I have, but
2: great, great episode. It's it's That's... the one where they get locked in the vault and Stewie's got a diaper. He's gonna get diaper rash, <laughs> so so Brian has to lick his diaper clean. But then he vomits <laughs> up, and he's like, "But you like vomit?" He's like, "Oh, I do like vomit." And oh, it's, it's it's just really gross. They end up with a gun somehow. It's in one of the vault boxes, and so it's just just ridiculous and lots of fun. So we'll add that with an asterisk. Yes, I would put it in front of Seinfeld, but I was not a big Seinfeld fan. So. It had some episodes.
0: So, since myself and Rob are closing this one out, there are your five definitive bottle episodes on television. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, sorry about Greg. Just an he will be punished. Joke. He, you know, we're 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 gonna miss him. Um, but oh, Kerwin. So Kerwin, you are cordially invited to join the podcast as our, our third host. So (laughs) thank you guys so much for listening. Check us out on social media.
2: Thank you. Leave us a review. Like I said, it really helps us stand out.
0: Please do. Thank you. And thank you. uh, Greg. Good night.
2: Somebody in the snapchat group just in, in my in one of my snapchat groups just just made a comment that they they couldn't eat after midnight and nobody in the group made a gremlin's reference I'm like are you serious so I had to make it what
1: good for you yeah I think it's mandatory I mean freaking, that
2: was all sincerity freaking kids
1: I'm trying to fight find... wow
2: uh... were you recording that you should have been
1: Just the something, something part. (laughs) Nice. I missed the (laughs) ass man part.
0: What the hell are you talking about? (laughs)
2: God, you're weird.